Welcome everyone to the After Hours Adventures podcast. Pull up a comfy chair, kick off those work shoes, and grab a glass and fill it with ale, beer, cider, or whatever it is that you desire. I am your host turned dungeon master, Jonathan Eugene Nian, and I am joined today with my lovely friends turned adventurers and eventual stompers on all of my dreams as the dungeon master. First, we have Michelle on. Hi. We have Eric McGill. What's up? And we have Kylie Gibson. Happy to be here. We are going to be doing a session zero today where basically we talk a little bit about the campaign that we're going to be playing in, the wonderful, wonderful, terrible world that I'm going to be dropping all of my players into and subjecting them to. So yeah, we're uh, we're doing it, guys. How do we all feel? <laughs> I feel like your sadism is going to be revealed. Whoa, 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 whoa. I would I would never I would never put my players through anything of the sort. I have no idea. You haven't even been in any of my campaigns before. No, I have no clue. M- Michelle, you've been in my campaigns before. I'm not a sadist. Yeah, me having experience, I believe you 110%. That That's sounds so much. <laughs> I believe that so much. You guys really sold that one. <laughs> The sarcasm is strong in the room tonight. So to give a little bit of an explanation of what this is, basically we're going to be doing a session zero today for our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, Today we're going to be going over, I'm going to be basically grilling my players, putting them in the hot seat, so to speak, uh, about how they uh, made their characters, um, the process to which they made the backgrounds, what they're excited for, their D&D experience, etc. And then I'm going to give a small synopsis of the world that they're setting off into. And I'm going to also, you know, put myself forward and explain why I am the Dungeon Master. I repeat, I am the Dungeon Master. No me. No. (laughs) And instantly we have a character death, everyone. It looks like Michelle's character has unfortunately (laughs) been crushed by a massive boulder. Oh my goodness, you're going to have to re-roll that character, Michelle. So sorry about that. Rest in peace, friend. All of my work for nothing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's start introducing these characters. Do we want to... Actually, yeah, let, let's do this the, uh, the old-fashioned way, so to speak. Let's roll initiative to see who goes first. We have some very, very new players here, but basically, for those that don't know, initiative is typically in combat. You will roll a d20. I just put the d20 away. I grabbed all the other dice and I put the d20 away. Uh, you'll roll a, a 20-sided dice, or a d20, and you'll add your dexterity initiative modifier, and that will determine the order with which you go. So, let's roll first. You will be rolling with your actual character stats. Uh, that is a six. Plus... Plus... Do you have any? Huh? Any what? Do you have a plus to your dexterity modifier? None! So... <laughs> So what is it, Michelle? So a six in total. All right. 15 plus two modifiers, so that's 17. 17, and lastly? That's a, a seven. two. Seven? <laughs> it's a seven, it's a seven. And I have uh, a plus one. Don't trust me. Eric, do you need to get your eyes checked? <laughs> I'm wearing my glasses. <laughs> Remind me again, who rolled what? Six, 17. Eight. I'm, yeah. Okay, so I guess you are up first, Eric. Alright. I don't know why you're calling me Eric. My name is Tucker Shelby. (laughs) Oh, my apologies, Mr. Tucker Shelby. I am a turtle. I was raised with a water genasi noble family. 
I was a playmate for their daughter because they didn't want her to be lonely and there weren't many water genasi in the area and they needed someone who could breathe water and not die in like two minutes. So Tortle they picked. It was as a playmate for a noble family that I got a taste for the finer things in life. You know, all the gourmet meals, all oh, the course. servants at my beck and call. The best kind of fish. Mm-hmm. And then one day, my friend, the girl, the daughter of the nobleman, Sarah, said something that annoyed her parents, and they decided that it would be a suitable punishment to unceremoniously forbid me from ever seeing her again. As punishment for her, I was banished. Oh yes, completely fair. Yeah. So, then, completely cut out from the whole noble life. I'm missing everything deeply. I realize how little I have, how shit my life is, and I become determined to get back to being a noble, no matter what I have to do. So, so basically you went from eating mudfish, basically, like the, the kind of fish that crawls, to going and having the gourmet fish that is nice and scaly, nice and sleek, and now you're back to the shitty mudfish. Yes, yes, and the shitty mudfish angers my stomach. And it tastes like shit. It tastes horrible. Of course. So I want back to the nice fish, and I will steal, I will kill, I will do whatever I need to get back there. Okay, so we have a murderous turtle from the streets. Probably just covered in mucus all the time and grossness. No? Why am I covered in mucus? (laughs) (laughs) Was I swallowed by a whale and then spit back up? (laughs) I was just saying, I mean, you're eating this gross fit. Alright, cool. And why... What was the character creation process like for you? I started by picking my race. I wanted to do something different. And I was told the only species that were half animal besides the bird ones was the turtle. So gravitated there. And then I thought it would be really funny to be a rogue and a turtle, given their giant shells and their giant size. And I'm just having fun imagining a turtle tiptoeing around trying to steal things from people, trying to assassinate people. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you have thumbs? (laughs) Do you have thumbs? I don't believe turtles have thumbs. How do you use your rapier? Maybe he's like Master Ugwe. <laughs> Do you just patient? I have my methods. I... Okay, jeez. And what kind of d experience do you have? I think I've done like three sessions before in my life. Never finished a campaign. I feel like almost no one ever gets to finish their campaign, even if they want to. It's such a sad thing. All right, um, let's see. So thank you, Mr. Tucker. Tucker, what was it? Tucker... Shelby. I hate you so much. (laughs) I love you too. Your name is Tucker Shelby. You have a problem with it? (laughs) No, Mr. Shelby, I do not have a problem with it. Moving on from the murderous little tortle, reptilian fuck, we have, I believe, Kylie rolled the next highest for initiative. I suppose. Do I suppose correct? Uh, I had eight, so yes. Wait, did, wait, did Michelle roll lower than it? Oh my goodness. I love these rolls already. This is going to make it so much easier to kill all of them. I mean, to make for a fun and interesting story. I in could which... have sworn we opened with your sadism. I yeah, <laughs> have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, Kylie, 
your character. Yes. I am fairly new to Dungeons and Dragons, so I chose something that I felt would best represent the kind of energy that I bring to the table. So my name is Tara Battlecry, and I am a female dwarf and a bard. Wonderful. And I can't I, I can't say her name without ending it like Batman. <laughs> That's kind of a dwarven thing. Well, to be fair, uh, isn't your character, from what I remember, she's from, like, the deep dark. Yes. Uh, so, I come from a hole in the ground, basically. Oh, wow. And my parents are uh, good at spawning little me's. So I have tons of siblings and I'm never paid attention to. And I spend most of my time by myself trying to get away from people. And it is one day when there is a minor cave-in and I have to crawl my way out of the hole and I see sunlight for the first time. And I never go back. I only have two copper in my pocket. So a little fun side note, we did actually roll for currency just because we <laughs> thought it'd be funny. And Kylie rolled a d100. So two d10s and took the number, and that number was uh, two zeros on the on the, the the larger number and a two on the smaller one. So she is indeed starting with just two fucking copper. You you do have two copper to rub together though, at the very least. Oh yes, of course. I can make noise as I <laughs> as I go down the street begging for change. M m money, please. <laughs> Toss a coin to your dwarven. I card. have but two copper, sir. No, I'm. I would never beg. Terra Battlecry would never beg for. Right. Wonderful, wonderful. A, a dwarf with a fiery, rocky part, uh, passion. Indeed. Right. I think you already answered the other questions as well. You said you hadn't been playing. You haven't played much D&D. &D. Uh -uh. You're fairly new to it. Kind of went through your character creation process. What are you most for uh, looking forward to? To be honest with you, I feel like I am going to witness your full storytelling capabilities for oh, the first thanks. time. Not that our friendship hasn't included a lot of like jokes and like honestly vivid jokes of all kinds, of all kinds, really. Many things have been spilled that cannot be scooped back up at this point. <laughs> but I feel like this is going to be the opportunity to um, really dive into the kind of fantasy that I enjoy. And I get to see one of my oldest friends get down with his uh, DM skills. Oh, thank you. With that heartwarming touch, let's move on to one of the most savage people that I know. Uh, Michelle On, you are up next. Hi. Um, with a well, high roll of a six, mind you. Very, very good roll yes, to start I'm the campaign with. Yes, I'm very proud of that one. Natural, natural six, everyone. <laughs> Amazing rolls. Well, how the turntables with this one? Because I am four foot eleven now. Um, have you shrunk since you sat down on my couch? Have you shrunk during this time? <laughs> well, my real form stays at a proud five foot eight, but <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. We're downsizing by about an Amazonian. Foot. Yes, exactly. In her own right. So I play a druid Asimar by the name of Divina Good. She's a circle of stars druid. I'm glad on, that I got that correct and not saying it the other way around. A little bit on the nose there, Davina Good. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, I play a very ditzy, kind of delusional blonde personality, if you will. This is, of course, very descriptive of who you are, is a ditzy blonde girl. Oh. Yeah, every every part of that is identical oh, yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Right on the money. Continue. This is a podcast they don't know. Oh, that's true. For... <laughs> for 
I was trying to make a joke out of it, Kylie. Uh, for those that do not know Michelle on my lovely friend, she is neither blonde nor ditzy. She would claim to be airheaded, but she is the most detail-oriented person I know. So this is this is a pretty big departure for. Uh, and just to spoil it a little bit, you you've played in my past campaigns before, and this is a very large departure from characters that you played in the past. Can I ask you why you chose a very different character? Yeah, um, in our previous campaign, I played a character that was very similar to my own personality, but it's time to kind of switch things up. Uh, I think I'll have a lot of fun playing a character that I know nothing about, pretty much. I'm also 13 years old this time, and I embody a lot of the characteristics that come about with a tween, teen, around that age. I wear a crop top for one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it just the normal crop top? Is it like a cutoff? It's is supposed it like a to be my leather showing? armor, but oh, I, I fashioned it into a crop top to oh. kind of fit what I needed it to be. Well, female armor logic, of <laughs> yeah, course. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm also very into horoscopes and astrological signs and crystals. Very, very superstitious person. Goodness gracious, you have created a monster. Oh, yes, of course. But I come from a family of bakers, and a lot of my appearance and personality is inspired by the bakery. Uh, my weapon is the broom that we use to sweep the floors, and my shield is a heart-shaped cooking tray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, what? The best! I, I'm, the best! I, I'm sorry, can you walk me through your, your, uh, your armory again? Uh, yeah, so, uh, you can't forget my crop top. Right, I have my okay. crop top, Leather crop my broom, and mm. my baking tray. So I know druids a little bit. Am I correct to assume that that is the, the broom is what you're turning into a shillelagh? Yes. Oh my goodness. You're going to be shoo-shoo-shooing away your enemies. Exactly. And a smack. <laughs> mm-hmm. A pleasure to meet you, Davina Good. Thank you. Can we, can we hear a little voice sample, actually? Oh no, yes, you can. <laughs> sorry, sorry to put you on the on the hot seat a little bit right now. Everyone else is glancing at me like I'm being a dick, but no, no, no. Let, let, let's hear the voice a little bit. Okay. Hey besties, Davina Good here. I'm a Gemini and my favorite Seder Bucks drink this week is the Muddy Greenwood Frap. I'm sorry. It's a Tipacino, not Frap, with mermaid tears and mint leaves. I think a small part of me died inside. Just the wee bit. bit. Wonderful character that you've made. I love the reason why you made it. Going away from your your kind of comfortable zones is always cool. What are you looking forward to most in our campaign? Fucking around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the chaotic neutral shines through. <laughs> in a strategic, still you know, still playing within the bounds, but uh-huh. yeah. I swear to God, I'm already, I I see your smile and it's already making me very fearful of the the bad guys that I put in front of you guys because I feel like you guys are going to do something insane with them. Um, Lastly, what is, you already alluded to it a little bit earlier, but what is your Dungeons and Dragons experience? How did you get into it? What have you done? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I got into it through our lovely DM here for this podcast. Oh, you flatter me. (laughs) I've done two campaigns at this point. Our first one was pretty uh, pretty much like a trial run, I'd say. A trial run is a very generous way to refer to the fucking dumpster fire that I ran, but continue. Yeah, I mean, none of us knew what we were doing, but it was still fun nonetheless. Uh, that second one, though, was... Uh, I would say it was a pretty long journey. Very, um, 
a lot of official experiences there. So I am coming to this as a time-worn veteran. Ah uh, yes, a time-worn <laughs> veteran. <laughs> After two campaigns. Um, I guess that's a nice little segue to introduce myself a little bit more. Again, my name is Jonathan Eugene Yan. Um, let's see, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons about three years ago. I was in university and bored as all hell trying to work out in the gym for the first time in my damn life. Um, I was going regularly in the mornings. And suffice it to say, I was, again, bored as shit. At first, I tried to literally just listen to the music that I liked. However, it got kind of boring pretty quick. So eventually, I I was going through a phase, I'm going to admit that, and I thought that listening to podcasts made you inherently more intellectual. Sue me, but honestly, the people I was around kept in kind of praising them a lot, which is really funny now for me to talk bad on it, considering everything. But basically, I, I kind of started listening to a lot of podcasts while I was working out. It was definitely enlightening in certain aspects, and it was pretty entertaining uh, for a little while, but eventually I got pretty bored of it. it. It's kind of hard to get a pump on while listening to NPR, I've got to be honest. I really like listening to NPR, but it's really hard to get a pump on while listening to NPR. Um, so eventually I started listening to some gaming podcasts where people were just talking about games, and then I realized that there are podcasts about Dungeons and Dragons. So I actually got into Dungeons and Dragons by listening to podcasts. I found one that I really liked um, that I'll actually be plugging at the very end of this session zero. And I liked it enough to try it myself. Honestly, I kind of wish I found Dungeons and Dragons a little bit earlier in my life. Definitely would have enjoyed it a lot when I was in high school, but I quickly made a group of people play with me and endure my terrible uh, dungeon master skills. In total, I have pl or I have dungeon. I've been the dungeon master for three separate campaigns. The first one was again, as Michelle graciously put it, a trial run. But honestly, it was more of a dumpster fire that was funny to to watch and look at. Um, that lasted for I believe around twenty sessions with six players. My second campaign was with three players and lasted for about ten sessions. The first campaign ended due to. Honestly, kind of bad story writing and a little bit of player conflict. The second one fully ended due to player conflict. And the third one that we most recently ended was over 100 sessions. Uh, it was completely over call because it started and ended during the pandemic. It was six players and I was managing everything on row 20. It was a really, really fun experience for me, but honestly, it was really draining. At a certain point, I was running six sessions a week. <laughs> And again, we hit over 100 sessions. It ended up ending due to player conflict, but no grudges held. Scheduling just got really difficult towards the end as well. Regardless, shoutouts to Helios, Ariwin, Devin, Jax, Eddie, and of course, Ellipsis. Wonderfully enough, it almost feels like Ellipsis' wizardly spirit is in the room with us now. If you can really, if you really just listen carefully, you can almost hear the silent uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, I personally feel that existence. Oh, yes. You can almost feel like a little hoot hoot as well. Oh, yeah. um, Celeste, is that you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is my experience being a dungeon master. Um, I also am a very obsessive person. So when I first started listening to Dungeons & Dragons, I didn't only listen to Dungeons & Dragons and watch Dungeons & Dragons. I watched damn near every Dungeons & Dragons creator on YouTube <laughs> extensively. So, long list of people. Uh, Puffin Forest was really funny, as well as Runesmith, uh, Davy Chappie, XP to level 3, uh, obviously. The guy that did 
uh, Crap Guide to D&D, which I am going to make my players watch because I still find that series both entertaining and very fucking useful. But basically, I consumed all matters of D&D content when I first started and memorized more of the fucking information than I ever should have. Uh, I kind of needed to study, but you know, brain space. I also have had the misfortune of playing in very, very few campaigns. I pray to, I pray to thee, if there are any dungeon masters listening that want someone that both metagames like hell but also loves to roleplay so much it might as well be an intro to theater class, please, for the love of God, DM me. Both direct message me and be my dungeon master, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of my uh, resume for being the dungeon master for this campaign. So, going past myself a little bit and going towards uh, minor spoilers for the campaign. There's already been a few spoilers here and there, of course, but this will be the most spoiler-intensive part. So if you really want to just raw dog the, the campaign, then I would advise just skipping this part. But here is a bit of a plot synopsis. You guys are going to be jumping into the wonderful realm of Zenith. Thousands of years prior to the current day, there was a cataclysmic event that brought all of the realms into one. You had the Nine Hells, the Draconic Realm, the Realm of Celestials, the Realm of Aberrations, etc. They were all formed into one. And now, typically, you would expect this to cause a massive conflict, a war that would end all wars and all creatures. However, a very tenuous peace was brokered, and it has mostly maintained ever since. Now, there are still a lot of issues that persist because of this. Resources are extremely scarce and are extremely monitored by each of the individual governments, formerly realms that have now formed kingdoms of differing governing styles, but in total there are seven. Those seven are Martavir, the kingdom of dragonkind, Kaliwek, the kingdom of the mortals, Tifan, the kingdom of the fey, Renaissance, kingdom of the celestials, Zorok, kingdom of the nine hells and demon and devil kind, Heru, the kingdom of goblin kind as well as affiliate monsters, and simply R of aberrations. It is a very, very different time than what you would typically expect from a fantasy world, with it being a one realm that all creatures exist on, with borders being drawn here and there. The resource scarcity has made it so that despite these agreements, despite this very, very, very uh, tenuous peace that has been brokered, creatures still pass through and try and steal resources. For the demons and devils, they still do need human souls to sustain themselves. Granted, when mortals die now in Kaliwek, they get to choose how they would like their soul to be processed. Some of them choose to fully donate it to demon and devil kind to try to maintain the peace, but they don't really have to decide to do that, and due to issues in terms of hierarchy, there will always be mouths left unfed. Due to this conflict, and creatures regularly encroaching on Kaliwek, Kaliwek as a kingdom has a very high need for bounty hunters to take care of those that are invading and basically stealing away resources. These hunters live lives filled with danger and reward, gold given from the government. It's a very difficult economic situation to really grow in any other way unless you are one of the very, very, very wealthy, noble, rich families that get to traverse as they please. 
So yeah, there's a little bit more detail here and there, but that is basically the gist of where you guys are going, where your characters are going. Questions? Concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on the universe? I am fascinated by the idea that they have drawn lines in the sand and they're like, we know you eat people, but stay over there. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're... We're going to do that most of the time. I can't imagine having to having to to believe that lie. Mm. It's the idea, too, that for um, a lot of these creatures, their mortal enemies are on the same realm. So if they were to attack any of the others, it, it's a direct conflict for them because it opens them up for weakness. It's the, it's the mutually assured destruction idea. All of the kingdoms want all of the other kingdoms' space, and that makes it so it's even. It's like having housemates in college. <laughs> Amen. Oh goodness. And we go back to our university and college days immediately. Oh yes. goodness. And I will drink to that. Ah yes. It's like having roommates ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, no no shame to no shame to anybody if you like have a roommate that you enjoy living with and you wanna, you know, normalize friends living with friends. It won't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> And we see the brutality coming out immediately. Well then. Jesus. So, any questions? Any curiosities? Anything specific that you're looking forward to exploring? So are there customs? Oh, in terms of entering and leaving different kingdoms? Yeah, like, like who can go across? So basically, uh, I didn't mention this specific detail, but there is still trade between kingdoms. However, it is heavily regulated. And basically, um, merchants of specific families are allowed to cross back and forth. These were pre-established uh, centuries past, um, and they've kind of perpetuated wealth in the kingdoms. Would you say that these factions are somewhat racially divided? Oh, in terms of the different yes. kingdoms? Uh, there's a level of race to it, certainly, um, but they are also just creatures that were originally from different realms. But if one... Like, let's say one entity from one faction gets smuggled into the, another faction, would it be very obvious that this person oh, doesn't belong yes. there? Oh, yes. Yes, it see. would absolutely be. It would be... So basically, the, the scenario would be... Um, and there are certain areas... There are certain kingdoms that regulate travel to them less. It's just the idea of... Well, if you're a mortal that goes to what used to be the Nine Hells and is now called um, Zorik... You are forfeiting your life. <laughs> right. You are for fully forfeiting your life. It's the same thing if anyone from Heru, the goblin kind of aff affiliate monsters uh, kind of area, travels to Martavir, to Kaliwek. Essentially, for the most part, the idea is, is that you're you're forfeiting your, your livelihood if you travel to another kingdom. You're not supposed to be there. Makes sense. And with how a lot of these creatures rely on the resource of souls, you can imagine why traveling is not exactly a normal thing. Right. That being said, there are kingdoms that are specifically more so seen almost as livestock by other kingdoms. The mortals, for example. Um, Kaliwek, while you would expect the kingdom literally filled with tieflings, uh, humans, elves, dwarves, etc., to be one of the weaker ones, especially since this era has very, very few heroes or adventurers due to the nature of creatures all staying within their own kingdoms. They actually have quite a bit of pull, purely because they are the livestock. They get to choose once they die which, what happens with their soul. 
Celestials as well are kind of bound to them in a way, because in this realm, Celestials' very existence depends on people worshipping them. There are also- oh, there is something I didn't mention earlier that's kind of interesting. There's embassies, basically trying to kind of encourage and convert people, essentially. Uh, you would imagine that each of them have one in the mortals kingdom of Kaliwick, of course. There is a uh, an embassy from Zorok that is basically a bunch of probably something like succubi and such being like, hey, 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 come over here. Why don't you, you know, that's a really delicious soul that you have there. You know, you can it can get you a lot in the uh, kingdom of Zorok, right? And then the, uh, the one of Renaissance, the Celestials faction, is of course literally just preach, pray. Come right. hither, child, and I can save you from your problems. What was how those missionaries said it? Have you heard of the name of Jesus Christ? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the memes where they have some animal and they talk about some other god. So they'll have like a giant snake coming up to your door and it's like, Sir, sir, are you willing to talk about our lord Medusa? Or like something <laughs> like that. So... Bit of a spoiler, but a really funny one that ties into that. The uh, <laughs> the Martavir, the draconic dragonkind embassy, is literally a bunch of kobolds, so tiny little lizards, running around and asking people if they would so kindly donate their wealth and pleasures of life to our great lord and savior Tiamat, <laughs> and holding out little coffers asking for coins. It's crazy. You went from like five something to three something. Instantly. Oh yeah. You shrink a little bit, the voice changes, you extend a little bit, and the voice changes as well. Alright. Doesn't seem like we have any questions. Um, to end off, let's just say one thing each that we're really looking forward to. Can be from anything from the plot to just anything in general about these uh, experiences that we're going to have. I'm excited to see my lovely friends every week or once every while rather, a lot more often than before, and to get very drunk with them because it is five o'clock somewhere and that somewhere is fucking here, bitches. So for Divina Good, I'm really excited to churn out just a bunch of nonsense horoscopes to kind of mess with my, <laughs> my teammates day to day. I feel like Jonathan should give you some voice tips. I feel like we, yeah. should, we should get you a little squeaky. Oh, I, I can do squeaky, but I'll probably like forget midway and just, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> That's I'll fine. need I've... to work on that. Yeah, I mean, we're all new to podcasting as well. And I mean, a lot of us are new to playing Dungeons and Dragons for extended periods of time as well. Um, but, you know, it's a growing process for all of us. Eric, in fact, already sounds like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the serenity of his voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Eric, can we get a can we get a nice uh, Tucker Shelby voice? Hello, <laughs> Master Uguay. <laughs> Is that you? Is there anything you'd be willing to part with? <laughs> can I do like a Jack Black voice? Poe. What does Poe say? What does? Skin oh, awesome. Yeah. No. That's really hard to do, Master, or to do Poe's voice. I am also very excited to hear your Tordo impression. Uh, fun little side note, my fiancé played Tordo in the last- or in two campaigns ago, and it was the funniest shit possible, because she played her character to be obsessed with grass. 
with all sorts of grass. Her character found grass to be a delicacy and would always be tasting every single grass that they came across, to the point where when they were having an important conversation with a fairy about finding a missing god, my fiancé, my lovely, lovely fiancé, described her total character, belly on the ground, fully just all fours like a lawnmower, just just chomping circles of enchanted forest grass. I think I actually, actually like accidentally snorted out of my nose or something like that because I was drinking something at that time and it was, I just was not expecting it. I do remember one of the other players accidentally snorted up his nose some oh. cheese while eating. Oh! Oh, oh no! Which, which was <laughs> very <laughs> funny. How do you watch that? I didn't oh, watch yeah. it, I heard it. How do you oh, even manage good thing that? Our audience doesn't have to hear any of those things. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see uh, what happens when we have like quesadilla night while we're playing or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. All right, and I guess that just leaves you, Kavi. There are quite a few things that I'm really excited about with this, but I think one of the one of the most exciting parts has got to be these villains you're going to drum up. <laughs> I am I don't know if you can tell but I am stoked. And I think with all of these creatures on the same realm, I get I get kind of an idea of these villains and their motivations, and just a just a smidge and touch of like the politics surrounding the situation. So as a dwarf, I'm very concerned. However, I'm ready to face what you have to offer. Feels like you're feels like you're challenging me for some reason right now, and I'm just I'm just at peace as the dungeon master. Please. I know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons, oh. but when I rolled that high number I can't remember, <laughs> everyone went, ooh, and it gave me some confidence that, like, I'm hard to kill. So, uh, in the words of Michelle, try me, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I want it to be spicy. This campaign. I'm, I'm a fierce individual. Let's let's go. I want to punch some missionaries. Oh my goodness. <laughs> In real life? I mean, no. shit, there's like a... Okay. Um, I would just like to, to put aside a note for the, the, the listeners right now. I did warn all of my players to have backup characters prepared for when I inevitably kill them. We don't, but... <laughs> We will not. <laughs> we got a lot of heal stuff, so we're hoping that that won't come to. We can't will make fight me, and we will survive. Can't make me play another fucking character if I don't make another character, motherfucker. <laughs> Speaking on the, the voices thing, I do really enjoy doing all these different voices. And a special thing that I think I'm going to really enjoy specifically because we're doing a podcast, side note. I fucking forget the voices I put to certain characters sometimes. But I'm now going to be forced to listen to my own voice as I edit podcast episodes. So you better bet that if one character has one voice on fucking episode one, it's going to have the same motherfucking voice ten sessions later. And I'm very excited for that, because Michelle can tell you there have been moments where I have literally stopped in the middle of roleplay. It'll be something like, I think that you owe me a good 15 gold from our last... Is this the fucking voice? Is this actually the voice that I did? My fucking throat is scratchy right now. This can't be the voice. I have like 20 more fucking lines of text for this guy. Yes, it could definitely be infuriating sometimes. Yeah. 
It's just tortured by that point. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll, I'll give a character like a very specific accent as opposed to like a gravelly voice. And it'll be like, ah, yes, I think that you did actually give me that indeed. But I don't think that you... And then I'll stop partway through and be like, I... This doesn't make sense. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I didn't assign this voice to this character. Um, but that is something that I'm really excited about. I'm also, as I mentioned earlier, just really excited to see all your wonderful faces a lot more often. I am sorry to those that have to drive a lot further than the rest of us. I wish there was a better midpoint for us to all meet up at, but I hope that you guys at least like my little apartment and all of my cats. Otherwise, I believe that is actually the end of our session zero. Make sure you tune in next week when we drop session one. Uh, we'll be keeping a pretty consistent release schedule, depending on how difficult it is for me to start editing for the first time ever. Before we go, though, uh, I would like to plug what I mentioned earlier, the podcast that got me into Dungeons & Dragons. Please feel free to check out NADPOD, Not Another D&D Podcast, on Spotify. They are amazing. It is a cast of people formerly from College Humor, if you are of the age group that still remembers who they are. Uh, Brian Murphy, Emily Axford, Caldwell Tanner, and Jake Hurwitz. But yeah, they are very much the Dungeons & Dragons players that got me to where I am today. They are also fucking hilarious, which is part of the reason why I was having to stifle my goddamn laughter at 6 a.m. in the morning at the gym, probably to the confusion of other people at the gym that were like listening to inspirational music and instead there's this fucker in the corner laughing about a nat 20 on a roll. But yeah, otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Please join us next week. Uh, please share this podcast and we'll see you soon. <laughs>